Hey, hey y'all. y'all. Welcome to Noah Hearts, a podcast to raise awareness about congenital heart defects and discuss resources about CHD and other stuff. We're just two heart mamas from New Orleans doing this for heart mamas. Our dads, grandmas, aunts, friends, whoever may want to listen. That's Susan Oakwood. And that's Lana Stevens. And we feel like we've got a lot to say. Welcome back. Welcome it's, back, everybody. We're in August. It's still it's, hot. It's still hot. <laughs> It hasn't changed. But the worst part about August heat is it's still hot and you throw school uniforms. Nothing like some big, thick polyester to really drive home. Those back to school photos (laughs) where everybody's cameras are all fogged up. I got mine ready Uh because you know what? Although I love summer, I like the routine of school. What I need to do is start some kind of campaign for no like tests. Like, I, I, I can do the written homework, but it's the studying and the rigor. You know, like... You no, know, I love... I just love summer. I'm a better mom in the summer. Everybody knows it. My kids definitely know it. However, my favorite season is coming, which is fall. Yes. Yes. We're gonna have fall, some- pumpkin spice, football, all the things. We have um, the Henry Oakwin um, City, City Park, Park Night, Night this is month, coming too. up. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of hot and sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully we'll get a little, a little cool front and... Maybe. You know, maybe, maybe. I'm really more. I, I'm not so much worried about a cool front as can we not have a hurricane? Hurricane. I was thinking. How about that? Can it. we not have a hurricane? Yeah. So remind us the date on that. That is August twentieth from seven to ten at City Park Amusement Park. It's open um, to anybody who buys tickets, but it is closed to the general public. So it's just for the foundation. It's just people who buy tickets through the foundation, which that, is nice because it's you know yeah it's all people not as crowded as yeah, not as crowded as all people there that are. Looking to support the cause, so. Yeah, so if anybody's interested, you can buy tickets. There's a link on our website, henryoakwinfoundation.org, or on our social media, or on brown paper tickets. You can search HAF City Park Night and get some tickets on there. It's a fun event, too. We usually have uh, kids. Yeah, we usually have some. I say we. We get some volunteers who will ride rides with their younger kids. So, like, if you can't ride rides. Yeah. You know, you get sick from them. I always uh-huh. did, which is part of the reason I really, like, kind of pushed that option. Parents love that. Because um, I can't ride in circles. And right. the only ride that's not a circle there is the ladybug. So. Right, right. That would be a lot of ladybug and all yes, night. Yes, it would. You know? Yes, it would. So. So, yeah. Y'all definitely try to get your tickets to that because that's a really, really fun event. And it's a family-friendly event. The gala is always super fun, but this is, you can bring the kids and. Yeah, bring know. all your kids, your friends, cousins, all the things. Um, it's $20 a ticket for everybody two and older, two and younger are free. Um, and the concession stands open and, you know, bring your lawn chair and hang out. And we're going to do, um, we're going to say some extra prayers for good weather that night too. Yes. I don't care if I sweat. Let's just not get rained on or a hurricane come through. That's right. We can handle some sweating. We live in New Orleans. We're good. Anyway, back to the, back to this episode. Um, (laughs) on this week's episode, we are going to interview a young lady. Her name is Haley and, um, she's with Hope for Haley's Heart. Um, she is actually a heart transplant recipient, um, was born with a CHD, ended up needing a heart transplant, and then, uh, later went on to write a book, and she'll tell us a little bit more about that. The book is called A Heart on Valentine's Day. So, um, let's see what she has to say. Let's welcome Looking forward to it. Welcome to Haley Steimel with Hope for Haley's Heart. Welcome, Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy that you joined us. Where are you um, calling in from today? Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? What was your diagnosis at birth? All that good stuff. 
So I am 25 and I was born with transposition of the great arteries or sometimes people know it as transposition of the great vessels. And I graduated with the communications degree from Upper Iowa University and just recently, as you guys know, wrote a children's book. That's awesome. That's really great. Thanks. Um, how long, how long ago when you, okay. So when you received your transplant, you had been living with transposition since birth, obviously. Um, did you have surgeries like when you were born or, or at any point in your life before your transplant? Tell us about that journey. So I had a surgery when I was one, the mustard procedure, and I never had the switch. And I also am a twin and it's kind of weird because she didn't have any issues. She, I think she had a hole in her heart, but that closed up okay. over time. Are y'all identical? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. That's like my, so my twins, Henry and Benjamin, they're identical also. And Henry has, has had TGA, but his twin had absolutely nothing wrong with his heart, which is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of crazy. Just it is. Yeah, twins, you know, are identical, but for whatever reason, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't have the switch, and so that that so after that, how did that change kind of like the trajectory of everything? Well, actually, I lived a normal life up until I was sixteen. Okay, I'm sure you guys know that doctors have told your guys' kids to take breaks, you know, during gym or if they get tired or whatever, Mm -hmm. but. That's like pretty much all the restrictions I had. Uh-huh. And I got sick at 16 in the fall of 2012. And I just wasn't getting better. And that's kind of when they saw that I was in heart failure. Okay. Okay. So, so over time, it, it caused damage to the heart? Yep. The right side of the heart is just getting weaker and weaker. Let me ask you this. Um, did you, were you diagnosed at birth? Yeah. As soon as I was born, you know, I was blue or whatever and Mm -hmm. they knew something was wrong, but they didn't know when my mom was pregnant. Okay. Okay. And did they tell y'all why they didn't do the switch? I'm very intrigued by this. I'm sorry. Oh no. I think maybe it was maybe narrowing maybe and they were scared that it wouldn't like work out or something I think they were kind of debating mm-hmm. once they were in there okay they actually got the chance to see the heart but I think he just did the mustard procedure just because it was gonna be easier and he didn't want to risk anything okay where I've did never you heard of that where did you receive all your care and in um, your home state yeah, just at the University of Iowa. Okay. And so, yeah, I think that's why with like size and everything, they're kind of scared. Or the you know, we talk about this all the time on the podcast, how, um, you know, medicine's just come such a long way. So 25 years ago was a very different um, medical world than 2022, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it's amazing to see, you know, kids like Henry who have really only, you know, 13 years ago back, was even it's really totally different, different from 25 years ago and even more different now. So, you know, yeah. that's the thing about research and learning about all those types of things. So tell us about kind of 
how, you know, you, you ended up in transplant. So once, when you were 16, um, you started to have, um, you went into heart failure, obviously a, a good bit. Um, and then you were listed and how long did you wait or what was that process like for you? So they told me once I was sick and I was admitted to the hospital at 16, which I never was admitted, you know, after my first surgery when I was one. So this Mm. was like the first time. And told me kids with my heart defect with the mustard procedure were now and they were getting in their teens or young adult age or whatever that they were now seeing them needing transplants. So that was a big shock for me. I have met some other people born with TGA and some have known that they were need a transplant and then others were like me where they had no idea. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea. I never knew I would need one until they told me, but that's a lot of information to take in when you're 16. Yeah, it was very surprising. And of course, then I didn't know much about donation, right? Just kind of like the myths and stuff. But yeah. after that, you know, research and stuff. So how long did you wait before you got the phone call that there was an available heart for you? So six months. Okay. And that might seem like a long time, but in reality, it wasn't for transplants, you know, meeting yeah. people who have waited like two years and stuff. And so I'm actually very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Were you in the hospital the whole time you were waiting for the heart? So I got sick August 19th. We just had an appointment and yeah, August 19th, 2013, because after I was first admitted, they gave me medicine and I was okay until the summer and the heat came on, you know, again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And once I was admitted, because I just had like an appointment set up that day to talk about transplant and they took like one look at me and they're like, yeah, you need to, you know, be admitted today. And so, yeah, basically I was admitted that day and I actually had to have like an RVAD put in, uh-huh. a heart pump. Yeah. And so I waited about two months then in the hospital with that and healing from that. And then I got to go home with that and wait. Okay. And then um, I understand your heart came on kind of a special day. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we got the call on February 13th, 2014 at 6.07 p.m. Wow. I was supposed to go down at like 1 in the morning, Mm -hmm. and then they had to figure some other things out. But my heart was placed on Valentine's Day, which is also also National Donor Day. Yes. That's even more cool. That's awesome. That is. That's quite. What are the chances? I know. Quite a. I like to call those little God winks. <laughs> um, do you know anything about your, where your heart came from or your donor or anything? Yeah, we met up with the family a couple of times. Okay. My brother was younger than me. Okay. Like he was 12 when he passed. And so, yeah, we met up with the family a couple of different times. And Do they live near you? Um, Wisconsin, so okay. not far away. But yeah, they're very amazing family, very nice. And we get along great. And that's wonderful. I bet they're so happy to see you doing so well and graduating from college and all that good stuff and writing books. <laughs> yeah, Awesome. Let me ask you this. Was your transplant done at the University of Iowa also where you had your other stuff? So they did yeah. do the transplant there. Okay. 
So, okay. So the next thing that I want to ask you about is this book that you wrote. Tell us about this book. What made you want to write it? You know, what, what was your goal when you were writing it? And I want to know all about it because, you know, obviously we're, we're trying to reach families and parents of kids with heart defects. And this could be a super great resource for some of our listeners to be able to use. Yeah. So it's called a heart on Valentine's day. And when I got sick, I've always known I wanted to write a book about heart defects slash like transplants, just because when I was waiting, there was really no books Mm -hmm. about it. Now I know there's a lot more books. And also just, I guess, with my experience with having a heart defect and then needing a transplant, because many people assume, you know, it's older people waiting for transplants, smoked or didn't eat healthier, whatever, you know, but that's really not true at all. And so I guess I just wanted to write this just to help others who are waiting for a transplant too. That's awesome. So what would you say the age range, you know, your goal for this book, like what age range would this be a good group of kids to, to be able to, to learn from this book? I think any age, but also for parents too. Okay, and might help them that have babies or toddlers that are waiting that, you know, aren't going to read the book themselves just so they know like this, this is a normal thing and mm-hmm. kids do wait for transplants and it will be okay. And just to give them some comfort because I know it can be scary for them too. Absolutely. Now, where can someone find this book if they want to purchase it like myself? <laughs> You can't get it directly through me. I have like Facebook, Hope for Haley's Heart. Hope Um, for Haley's Heart. Okay. Or mainly Barnes and Noble online. Okay. I got a copy on Amazon. Oh, you did already? Okay. Have you got it yet though through Amazon? I mean, I purchased it, but it said I had to wait a few days to get it. Oh, you just ordered it? So I just ordered it, but I haven't gotten it. I would go ahead and cancel that because they <laughs> jacked up the prices. For some reason, we can't figure out why, but they have all the prices jacked up on all of them. Like it was like some third buyer or something. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So Barnes and Noble. Thank Barnes, you, Haley. Yeah. yeah. So Barnes and Nobles or directly through you, through your Facebook page, which is Hope for Haley's Heart, right? Yes. Or just yeah. people can usually find me too, just on Facebook. Okay. And I have an Instagram and TikTok, whatever. Is that also Hope for Haley's Heart? So my Instagram is, I believe, I have two that I usually. Okay. So people want, I usually go through my heart transplant 2014 one. Okay. Not my like main one. That's kind of just private, but. Yeah, so definitely go through there. Don't go through Amazon, which okay, thanks, Haley. It's oh. good to know. Yes, that is. I just went canceled it while we were talking. That was quite a pointer. We appreciate you pointing that. Yeah. Out. <laughs> so upset because that's where most people, I think, order. Yeah. Them. I had to tell them or send a reminder out, like, okay, everyone, they're gonna charge you more, and it's not me, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really disappointing to hear. I hate that. Yes, it is. Okay. So that's big, loud and clear. Don't order it from Amazon, go through Barnes and Nobles or through Hope for Haley's Heart on on Facebook. And she can, she can get it directly to you if you contact her. 
So Haley, um, we always, Susan, did you have anything else before we ask her this final question? No, my, my main questions were about you being a twin and, and if your twin had any issues. Cause yeah, that's intriguing. It's, Y'all it's both have twins. very parallel to, to Henry and Benjamin. And I was intrigued to know um, if your sister had any issues and still none at age 25. Like, does she go and get checked, you know, or anything like that? Hasn't gone since she was like 11, I think. Okay. And so she's always kind of joked with me now, like, well, maybe I should get checked and stuff, but. So far, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. That was actually the last age Benjamin got checked. The doctor told me to come every three to five years, you know, because he plays sports and stuff. Um, And I get my daughter checked too. Just, I don't know, because I'm paranoid. I don't know. But, uh, you know, like it's very rare to meet somebody else with the exact same heart defect and have them be identical twins. It's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, it's very weird too, because once I saw that, there are kids with my defect that have twins. I'm always like, oh, wow. I wonder what those numbers are like. Like if there's, if a lot of transposition patients are twins, I wonder if there's a lot of that. I know I'm, I'm intrigued too, because I, I always wonder, like, I was talking to somebody else about this, that if there's certain characteristics mm-hmm. that lead you to have a certain heart defect yeah. over another, and I guess things are still so young in the vast majority of the health community, heart CHD is young, especially survivors. Right. I mean, yeah. I remember when Henry was first born, the oldest survivor of TGA was 25 at the time. So mm-hmm. hopefully that survivor yeah. is now 38. Yeah. And so yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, I guess it's very young, you know, to learn like how and so much has changed since, you know, Haley and I mean, uh, Harley and Henry were born. Right. You know, it's crazy. And you, you know, because it's, and I also find it somewhat funny because we have a friend, a mutual friend who's our age in his forties. And he was born with the same heart defect as Lana's son. I mean, daughter, but his, he did not have surgery until he was like 18 months old. Yeah. Like, and so there's almost thought that like his surgery, he had the wrong defect in his (laughs) mom. And you know, I think things just changed. I mean, 40 something years ago, yeah. they probably didn't know. And they just waited for something to be wrong. But now we know yeah. you can do it right away and, yeah. and have eliminate better problems maybe. and yeah. have better long-term outcomes. So, yeah. so Haley, have you, have you had any trouble since your transplant? Nope. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And you, you're, you feel like life changed, I'm sure, huh? Yes. Well, I guess back to normal now you know everything's Mm -hmm. back to normal like I know I had a transplant I think about that every day but it's nice when you don't have to worry I guess about your health yeah yeah Yeah, for sure well we're excited to be able to share um especially your book and your story with our listeners I think that um there's oftentimes like you said before that there you know uh, there have been more books that have been written about this, but there wasn't for a long time. And oftentimes we get families with, with little ones that we always like to share these types of resources with. So we're happy to be able to share any of that information on our social media as well, so that they know where to find you. We always ask one question before we wrap up our interviews though. And that's, do you have any type of message or anything particular you would like to share with other CHD patients or CHD parents? If you had one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say, I know a lot of parents always, you know, worry about their child with the heart defect, but there, you have to 
remember they are, you know, people too. And yeah, they might have a defect and stuff, but don't let it stop them or slow them down from what they love to do and stuff. I know they may be worried, oh, my kid shouldn't do this sport, that sport, but, you know, let them be kids. And mostly kids, I think, would tell their parents, you know, if they're like, oh, I don't think I can handle this sport. Or right, this. right. But I feel like a lot of heart defect kids that I know are a lot tougher than what people give them out to be in. <laughs> that is that is 100% Absolutely true. <laughs> they are definitely tougher than people give them credit for. And I feel like it's a very um, under-highlighted health issue amongst kids. Um, you know, you can't see the heart issue because it's, you know, y'all scars are under your clothes and for lack of a better term, everybody looks normal. And so people kind of forget that you're sick on the inside, even though you don't look it on the outside. Yeah. And even with my transplant stuff, I mean, mostly people wouldn't be able to tell I had no way. And so, yeah, I think people assume the kids are supposed to look sick because, you know, they have a heart defect, but you like, even with me having a transplant and when I had a heart defect is that I am still not sick, but I still, you know, things can still go wrong for us. But most of the, the part is, I mean, I look normal, right? but you know, I still take medicines and some I know heart defect kids do. I never had to take medicine until after my transplant, but. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Henry was never on a lot of medicine either other than aspirin. And that was always related to his cath lab for his stenosis. So um, he, he really wasn't on medicine either. And had he not had all his stenosis, he really would have been a one and done. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. similar to you. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just, I mean, we may look, you know, normal on the outside, but the inside, you know, there's something wrong with our heart, but most people don't know. And most of the times for me, anyways, with my heart defect, I, it didn't feel like, like it didn't define me, I guess. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You have been an inspiration. I love that you took your journey and turned it into a book and something to offer back to other people that is very, very inspirational and very, very mature um, of a young woman like yourself. Yes, which, I love it. Um, you know, you're an adult now, but I bet that that was kind of churning in your brain when you were 16 years old, though. I have a feeling. <laughs> thank you That's so awesome. much for having me. Uh, thank course. you for joining us. We loved it. Thank you. It was great meeting you. Yeah, you guys too. Thank you, Haley. She was so sweet. I love that we were able to um, share things like books for children. I know, because, you know, that's something, you know, uh, somebody made this comment to me the other day, and I don't think they meant it to be ugly, but and maybe I shouldn't have taken it personally, but it was something about how I overshare too much. And what I don't think people understand who have never been through something traumatic is that like when Henry, we found out about Henry's defect, I often talk about my friend Caroline and how she helped me and she did. But when you start to research like, and you search things like survival rate mm-hmm. and mortality and morbidity and all these things about your kid and you can't find stuff, you go to these like 
deep, dark places yeah, in your mind. Hole, yeah. And you go down a bad rabbit hole. So like, I like to share about Henry because not because I need people to know my business, not because I'm looking for sympathy, but because I want to help other parents who get this diagnosis and are like, oh shit, is my kid going to live? Is my kid going to, is my kid right. going to be normal? Are they going to go to school? Yeah. Are they going to walk? Are they going to have brain damage? Yeah, it like, gives them hope. And yes. And I, found, I could not find that. Yeah. When Henry was was diagnosed, you know, right. like I never had that. Like I had the doctors telling me what was going on and everybody just being like, it's going to be OK, you know, but I, I didn't really find anything helpful. And when Henry was young and Emily and Benjamin struggled with him going to the hospital, I couldn't find books for them either. So I like that people yeah. are starting to share more and use their well, experience also, to help other people. I do believe that we're in a different place of social media, that people utilize social media in more positive ways than they did back in 2007 or whatever, you know, so, or whatever, you know, 20, you know, 15, 16, 13 years ago. Oh, for people, sure. You know, we, we find groups and we find different types of resources through social media. And so, um, yeah, so that brings us to, don't forget to follow her on her Facebook. Um, it's called hope for Haley's heart and you can, um, get more information about the book or like she said, it's at, uh, Barnes and Nobles online. She did recommend do not get it. Yeah, from I canceled Amazon. my order. Thank you, yeah. Haley. I know. I we all, t- we all tend to go to, uh, Amazon cause it's so much easier, but apparently they're up in her price and that disappoints me, but, um, go to her Facebook. And her obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, her Facebook group or, uh, Barnes and Nobles to get more information about the book. And then we're going to share on our social media, um, information on how to get the book as well. So that was really helpful. I enjoyed talking with her. Please share your personal stories with us. We love to share them. We recently did um, some surveys on our Instagram. <laughs> we did. We did. Um, and people love the personal stories yes. so they can have someone to relate to. So if you would like to share your story with yeah, us. Yeah, if you love a personal story, share yours. Yes. We don't mind. We yeah. love to have new stories. Like, we love all the stories. And you don't have to live in New Orleans or nope. Louisiana to share your story. We love to hear stories from all over. So You can contact us do through that. our Instagram or Facebook. Or you can email us at nolahots at gmail.com to share those stories with us if you want. Yes. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Please make sure to share our podcast with other people. And if you listen via Apple, to review and rate us. We are looking forward to our next episode. Don't forget, there's no judgment here. It's all about survival. Cheers. Cheers.